0: Hi friends, welcome to Season 5. I'm really excited to be back. I'm your host Chaelin. Today is March 11th and if it's Friday, then this is The Delve. It's been a few months since we ended Season 4 in December and so much has happened. We start season five with the world in a much different place. COVID restrictions have mainly been lifted, inflation is soaring, and a superpower has brutally invaded their smaller neighbor. We start the season with one of the most heartbreaking stories, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The entire globe has been following this story, and I just want to give a quick summary before we shift to our incredibly brave guest, Liza. Liza. Ukraine had been a part of Russia for centuries. It finally achieved independence in 1991 after the fall of the Soviet Union. For decades after, Ukraine moved towards Europe and unraveled its economic ties with Russia and moved to integrate with the European Union. This really angered Russia, especially its authoritarian president, Vladimir Putin. Since last year, Russia had been building their military to surround Ukraine. On February 24th, Russia began its invasion, which is still ongoing. In response, nations around the world have imposed stiff sanctions on Russia. The assets of Russia's central bank have been frozen. The US, UK, Canada, and the EU have banned all Russian flights from its airspace. Western countries have also targeted Russian oligarchs or the ultra-rich in sanctions, seizing their homes, yachts, and funds. The West has also banned Russian banks from using a financial mechanism known as SWIFT. This prevents them from doing international money transfers. This is the highest level of sanctions, Russia now joins a very exclusive club that includes nations like Iran, Cuba, Venezuela, and North Korea. The Russian currency the ruble has tanked, one Russian ruble, is now worth less than one cent. In the first week of the invasion, more than 1 million Ukrainian refugees left their home country. Today, that number has doubled as now more than 2 million refugees are scattered across Europe, with most going to Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, and Moldova. Along with large anti-war protests occurring around the world, Russia itself has seen widespread public protesting against the war. Russian protesters face significant danger and nearly 14,000 have been arrested. This has quickly turned into a humanitarian disaster with no end in sight. Our hearts and minds are with the Ukrainian families as they endure this terrible situation. In this episode, we were honored to have a conversation with a young lady deeply affected by this terror, a Ukrainian from Kiev. My colleague Mary Liz Biff from our production team spoke with Liza from Ukraine. She's from the country where there is now war. She was a student, volunteer, activist, president of a Ukrainian NGO. But now she helps the national forces of Ukraine protect the lives of innocent Ukrainians.
1: First off, I would just like to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with me. I know this is not the ideal circumstances that uh, we would be meeting under, but in terms of introductions, uh, how would you like to be addressed for the
2: episode? Hi, so my name is Lisa, but this is kind of the short type of name because the whole name is Elizabetha. And my surname is Pidopryhora, but it's absolutely okay if you address me like Lisa, just Lisa. That's absolutely okay. Perfect,
1: perfect. Uh, where in Ukraine are you from? Where are you now? And I think firstly, are you okay? How are you feeling?
2: So I was born in Kiev, in the capital of Ukraine. and. Uh, in the city city center, but currently I'm living still in the Kiev, but on the left bank uh, of the city. and uh, my my father is from Kiev. My mother is from the Eastern U- Ukraine, zaporizhia But all my life I lived here and uh, I'm still in this city, and uh, I'm not planning to leave Kiev because yeah, this is my home. And currently I'm absolutely okay. I was lucky to live in the district where I live currently because nothing really like big is happening here. We have an amazing bunker just in my building because my house was built like um, 70 years ago, like during the Second World War. And it's actually absolutely prepared to be during the war. So i'm absolutely okay and uh, i'm feeling really strange <laughs> currently i i feel like i'm living in the game or in the movie because sometimes i wake up like a normal day this sun or snow or whatever and it is quite calm But then I open the news and I see everything that is happening just near me, like 20 kilometers from uh, from me. Uh, Other days I wake up because of bombing or I just don't go to sleep because I cannot cannot fall asleep because I I know that this is not just safe. So I I don't understand my life right now because it changed so fast and I... I cannot remember how I lived before, how I lived before the war, and how difficult will be adapt to the, to the normal life again. I'm still the the student, and this year I I was going to finish my university, and now I don't know how it all will be. And um, yeah, I wanted to finish as soon as it's possible, but I really don't know what's gonna be next because they ruin my country like every day. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I can swear, (laughs) but yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. It feels like yesterday we were in London studying together and now that is absolutely worlds away. Could you give us a glimpse at the current atmosphere from your home in Ukraine right now? Uh, Sort of walking us through what is happening on the ground and what life has been like for you over the past few days, because it's really hard to picture this dystopic world that we're living
2: in. So if we look around on the how I live right, how I live right our life, it's actually in some ways similar, in some ways, everyday different. Because I don't, I don't work now, I don't study now. Uh, I have two siblings and they also don't study and they are staying with me at home. My parents also don't work now, uh, everything stopped. And actually, like previous two days, we were just had to be just in the, in the flat uh, because uh, we had a curfew. So like we couldn't leave our house for more than like around two days. Uh, because some of the Russian uh, occupants, they came to the city and and our forces were just killing them on the street. And in order not to have the opportunity to to kill someone from civilians, they asked everyone to stay home. And uh, yeah, so my my life first days it was absolutely. A disaster because I was, uh, we were, I can't I say we were not prepared. I really didn't believe that this would happen. I would never believe that they would do that. They would fight with us like in the capital, in the, all of the cities of Ukraine. Uh, I would not say, I would never think that they would dare to do that, but they did. And uh, I'm absolutely shocked. And, um, uh, first days i was trying just to get organized to to prepare my family we were preparing the shelter we were uh, organizing the medicine we were organizing the food everything the the closes the the most important stuff and yeah also i was um, escaping my my friend uh, she she is not from kiev but she could not ho- go home so i was um, trying to to take her from her place and to help you not to panic because my my family is really guru in not panicking. So we were trying to help people who were coming to our shelter um, because a lot of people were panicking and they don't have the like the toilet in the bunker. So we were we, like we prepared our flat to be the the place where they can use toilets and also like the kids so as far as that we have kids so we're trying to organize some place for them to play in the bunker and not, to, not to, for them to be distracted so that's how it looked like first two days but then i was started to to get organized i mean to to help my um, to help like to volunteer online and offline as much as i can so uh, I was collecting some stuff for the for the army. I was uh, working with the online um, coordinating the, the different stuff, like for the not only for armies, but also for civilians. So that was like, you know, like this is always like a rush. And like, you know, you do a lot of things in the at one time and you are scared to stop because you know that someone doesn't stop. Like the Russians, they don't stop. They just go on your country. Every damn minute they kill someone from my country and I cannot cannot accept it. And in order not to blame myself for being not useful, I was just working nonstop. And uh, I could not fall asleep uh, just because they were bombing and I was scared that the next rocket will be in my house. But, you know, the first night I was getting his sleep by, um, oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, by praying, but I was not praying to God. Uh, I was praying to the national forces of Ukraine because they are amazing and they are fighting so bravely for us that that and my my peaceful sky and that the possibility that I'm talking to you is only because I stopped a lot, a lot of Russians who were coming to kill us. So, yeah, that's how my life was. And now I I can say to you that I'm not sleeping now in the shelter. I'm sleeping now at my house, but we are sleeping in the bathroom and uh, sleeping in the corridor, because if you sleep near the window, it can be really dangerous because the windows can, flash when the rocket will be around and uh yeah you, you'll be you'll just die so yeah we sleep in the middle of the flat and um, today my mother joined the uh, uh, the group of the volunteers who are cooking for the soldiers and i'm still volunteering uh, online because like you know like when you know english when you you have the internet and you know how to use all of these things you're really really important to be to be the place where you can be useful so I I, everyone does what what they can do um so yeah my life now is strange yeah I don't know no no to-do lists no no yoga in the morning no meditation something I don't know
1: I think it is safe to say that this is an absolutely surreal and unprecedented time that you are Currently living in, and we are currently uh, watching unfold. And then, kind of progressing off of that, what do you wish people outside Ukraine knew about the invasion and in your country's history that might not be portrayed in the media
2: or being skewed? To you know um, outside Ukraine about this. War were about the the history that to be honest we never never were friends and sisters or brothers whatever with russia the case is that they pretended to be like that in order not to show the world that actually they were every like every fucking moment they were trying to to take our our culture and to, to kill us, uh, with um, our history, our everything, because they were always jealous that we are somehow better. We we like like I don't know how it happened, but like actually, if we know from the history, I want this like just basic fact for you to understand that the historically, Ukraine started like far, 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 a lot of years before Russia actually exists. Everything in the Eastern Europe started from Kiev. It was Rus-, Rus, important, not Russia, roots, <laughs> that started in Kiev in the city where I live. And then, 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 when we already had the whole civilization, then maybe someday there was a, like the Moscow and, and blah, blah, blah. So like we were like the, the culture that started here. But the case is that like we are like Ukrainians in our We don't like to, to have a war, you know, like we don't we don't like to to fight for something We never had this empirical things like, oh, let's take all of the territories, whatever we want to, us to be uh, amazing people. I don't know, like, you know, this thing that Russia does. Like we just wanted to work to to work on our, our territories, to be as like as a people to be um, wealthy and we, we didn't really care to take more territories and or to i don't know to to fight with someone never but they were and uh, the fact that we have amazing culture amazing um, like clever people they, they hated us for that i don't know why and uh, so historically they like Every time Ukraine wanted to, to start being more independent and closer to Europe and closer to the um, to the development, the world development, they were trying to stop us. They were killing, constantly killing the intelligent people of Ukraine, even before the USSR. But during the USSR, it was even even harder. Every like... Every time since the Russian Empire, Empire was existed, they were trying to to they not trying. They actually cancelled the Ukrainian language. They cancelled our culture. They can and they were still doing that, but using the social media, using the the influencers and blah blah blah. They actually from the start of our independence in 1991, they actually. Succeed in the mission to show everyone in the world, and especially some of the Ukrainians, that Russians are our brothers and sisters, and the, the young generation. I was a part of that. I wasn't part of it. We actually did never, never actually think, thought about the Russia as someone who, who, who could be the danger for us. Never, even though I I learned the history. I was like, okay, that was like 100 years ago. Now it's like nothing. We are just the close neighbor. That's cool that we are neighbors with such a big country. But now I understand how stupid I, I was and how how my eyes were closed. That we are so different and they actually ever, so always wanted to, to take us. We just like were, we had this, I don't know, fake imagination about the friendship that we kind of had but no i want just everyone to understand we we never had this friendship we thought they they want to help us but they never never actually did so don't they they're saying that what the hell you're such a brother nation no we are not we are completely different we have completely culture different cultures languages territories, and everything.
1: I think for me, at least, the dots are really connecting now. And this makes so much more sense after you explained kind of the history behind Ukraine and Russia. And I want to know, what is the government advising citizens to do who are in airstrike zones and in targeted cities? And what kind of measures have you and your family been able to take to stay safe?
2: So uh, our government is amazing. is doing amazingly right now. Uh, you know, like when the current president was elected in Ukraine, not everyone was satisfied with that. And actually, there's absolutely a logical reasons for that. He's not. He was not politician. Politi- politician <laughs> from politics. Uh, sorry. Uh, English is not my first language. Um, he was a comedian. So of basically everyone was like what the hell uh but now i can say that i'm i'm so proud of him he's so brave and so strong and the fact that he's staying in the country and he's working constantly for our safety, this is just amazing and whole government is organized really good so for example each city has their like so in ukraine we don't really use Facebook whatsapp we use telegram and in telegram there is a possibility to have a channel it could be like a news channel so it's like someone is sending messages but not everyone can answer for them so it's like really cool thing so every uh government thing has uh, these channels and they post the the news like for example my like they give uh, Kiv Rada, so it's like the the city government. They post in constantly the news about the city, like for example if there is the air, the, the possibility of air attack, they always post like, go to the shelter now, or if it cancelled they say, the, it is cancelled. If there is a curfew, they post the curfew, if there is a possibility of someone to be attacked in the um, particular district they do that. Actually, a few hours ago, they they did a special app for the phone to to see like the 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 current attack of air for like the air forces of Russia how they will attack uh, concrete cities and districts like so you can you can see it in advance so this is absolutely amazing that you can prepare yourself for for everything so. Um, Basically, the, the main uh, message that government sends to the us, to the civilians, is stay at home. Just don't go anywhere, please. And uh, if there is a target city, that's the same. You have to stay at home. But also, at the same time, they, they, they post for the city that, like in a super target, like, for example, Kharkiv, that everyone can prepare for the self-depend. So mostly cities are also posting that uh, everyone can prepare for the self-defense, like the, the cocktail motor, I don't know as, if people know what is that, but it's kind of the, the thing that you can even um, just truck the, the tanks, like it's really amazing thing that people, like just civilians are cooking it in order to, to fight for their cities and their homes. Me and my family actually like the main measures is that we are staying at home, we don't go anywhere and yeah we sleep in the, as I told you before, I, we sleep in the middle of the of the flat, so this is the, the most important uh, measures, but that's actually it. Uh, we also prepared uh, staff uh, in order to, to, to move to the shelter in, immediately if there will be the thing to need. There. And also we, we um, talked again about the all first aid um, rules, mm-hmm. what, ha- what to do if something happens, what, what, how should we act, and what to do if the rocket will be here or there will be bombing just near you, so what to do and how to react.
1: With all of these plans to stay inside, stay safe, and prepare to fight, are there any plans to evacuate or to stay? I know that I personally have been following along with your Instagram, but for everyone listening, I wanted to ask, are there plans to evacuate or to stay in Kiev?
2: So my, I do not have a plan to evacuate at all. A lot of my friends left the country or left... The, actually the center of the country, the one to the, the west. but I have no plan to, to, to leave the city. Um, and the reason is just like I don't see I don't see my life outside. I, I feel safe here, as much safe as I can as I can feel because I don't think that I will feel safe in, um, in other parts of the Ukraine. But I also don't, but if I move out of the Ukraine, I will spend more time for for doing it and for organizing my life there if then I could stay here and help as much as I can. Here I'm the most useful when well if I'm outside, I'm just useless and that's what I don't want to be. So yeah, my plan is to stay kind of following
1: along with that. Do you know how Ukraine's neighboring countries are reacting to the outbreak of violence? Are there any open borders or asylum plans? And how are refugees being treated and accepted?
2: So our West neighbors are doing amazingly great. I mean, Romania, Moldova, Poland, Hungary, they're actually really really doing really great. I mean, they're accepting their the refugees in the good conditions and without really good checking. I mean, I mean they check, but they're like, they not precisely um, trying to stop. They're all trying to help. So I, I know there's really no problem for people to leave the country if they want to leave it. So that's really, really good, uh, I mean, as a help for the people but yeah
1: i personally am very glad that the neighboring countries to ukraine are accepting refugees uh fairly openly um and then second to last is there a message as an advocate for ukraine that you want to send to us And what can we do to help? What is the most useful motion or act that people listening can do to side with and or support Ukraine?
2: The most important message uh, I would uh, send is that this is not just the war between Ukraine and Russia. That's why it's so important. This is the war between Russia and democracy in Europe. And just whole Europe, because if Ukraine will fall, but what will not happen? But if this happen, the 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 danger will be all around Europe. They will not stop. They will never, never stop. So this is not just a simple war between two just stupid countries. This is a, such a huge question, and Russia is like. Terrorizing like the, a lot of countries for a lot of years, but like nobody actually speak up as we did. And we started it, and now we have to finish it. And our, as much as we finish it, we'll finish with this, with Russia uh, in general, because that's, that, that was a huge time like for doing it. And we, do, we have to do it now. And the message that we are trying to send to the our like neighbors, on other parts, like I mean Georgia, uh, I mean che- Chechnya. I don't know if you know. Like then, like the 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 countries that already lost their territories because of Russian invention, but like in 2008 and before. We are trying to send them the message, and to the Belarus, actually, that guys, the Russia is now weak, and it will become weaker and weaker. Collect your your strengths and do what you had to do like years ago. Fight for your for your independence. Fight for your territories. Let's let's stop this Russian pressure for all of us, please. So yeah, you have to understand that the war is not just between Ukraine and Russia. This is a global war, and we are all fighting for, for, for the trust, for the truth here. So, yeah, and close the sky. Yeah, I know you, you saw you saw a lot of messages like this, close the sky. Maybe you don't understand, like, why should we close the sky? We already close the sky. Nobody's flying to Ukraine right there. I know there's nobody who's flying to Ukraine right now, but... The case of closing sky is that our national forces are fighting amazingly good on the ground. But we need uh, to have a permission to to kill everything that is flying to our territory. And for this, we need to close the sky now from NATO. So if you can, just, just go on the NATO Twitter, Instagram, whatever, email if you can, and just... Send them the message, close the sky upon Ukraine, please, close the sky in Ukraine. This is really, really simple thing and they can do it every second. But I don't know why they don't do it. And because of that, this morning, the main square in the the first capital of Ukraine was actually bombed. And already for this second, I don't know how it will be like when you will listen it, but they found 20 people dead in that place. Just this morning, just the main square of the city. Like, what the hell? And if you in the end still have a question, how can I help? There is three, three methods how you can help. So first, really important, you can donate money. So you can donate money to the National Bank of Ukraine. You can just Google National Bank of Ukraine donating money for the forces of Ukraine and you will find the, 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 the link where you can donate. Or I can just uh, do it. I will send the links to for you to make it easier. So second thing that you can do, protest, organized protest to support Ukraine, to show that the world has to has to understand that NATO has to close the sky, NATO has to uh, send the military. The uh, European Union can accept Ukraine for, for the membership faster. And all these things that if Europe will see that that you accept us, that you will support us, they will do actions faster. And the same for the U- US like the the protest you do it also helps biden for to understand that this like resonates to you that so so far that you can do that so this is really important and the third thing also really important that you can choose what who you are supporting with your choice you, with your economic choices i mean don't support russian products russian artists russian banks Russian media, anything. Like, I know someone can say that Russians are not, um, Russians are also victims. They are not people who are uh, guilty for that. But I will disagree. I'm sorry, but I will disagree. Because we, as Ukrainians, we are fighting for our freedom three times already since our independence, and a lot of people died on our revolutions for us not to have that situation that Russia has with the Putin but we fight for that we already fought, f- fighted for that and Russians didn't do that that's their fault that they have this man on the charge of the country so this monster not man, monster so please just stop supporting the Russian economically the Russia, Russia economically, stop doing it Just check what are you doing already, and like, where do you pay for them for anything? If you don't, that's good. Don't do that. Yeah, that's the basic thing that you can already do. And I'm super grateful for you to to making this and for asking me to help you with an information. I hope I hope I was not so emotional, and I I I did said to you like the important stuff that you wanted to hear. Thank you so much for listening and uh, I just hope you will never experience that thing that I experienced and my my siblings experienced. I I just really hope you will be safe all your life and we will will win because we are fighting for the freedom and this is what is in Ukrainian's blood. Thank you.
0: Liza, thank you again for appearing on The Delve and for your bravery. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to episode 1 of season 5. To learn more about Liza, we're including her socials in the description. I also encourage you to please like, follow, and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us by searching The Delve Podcast on your favorite podcast platform and Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next Tuesday to explore what you may have missed during the Russian invasion. I'm Chaylin, and this is The Delve.